glad you're here. Don't fail today. Let's rise up and sing together this old hymn of the faith. I'll be thou my vision. It's really a prayer that God would give us his eyes and his ways. It's great for us to gather and pray for that. Whoa. 
Lord, that's what we pray. That's why we come to church today. We pray that you would be our vision, that our ways would be your ways somehow, some way. And God, um, that our lives and our perspectives would just be centered this day on this Sunday, this beautiful September day that you've given us. Thank you so much for it. We acknowledge you as our Father in heaven. And um, it's beautiful how that that's how you taught your disciples to pray by acknowledging uh, the Father in heaven first in prayer and when we uh, approach you. So Lord, we do the same way in Matthew 6 where Jesus taught the disciples to pray by saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh, how special. Glad you're all here today. Uh, It's awesome uh, to come into God's presence that way. Hey, just for a second while you're standing, uh, tell somebody good morning around you and uh, wish them well. Thanks. Hey, well, good morning. My name is Billy. I'm one of the pastors here. Glad you guys have chosen to come to Hope Vale today, whether it's your church home or first time here. <clears throat> glad, uh, glad you're here. Today's sort of a different day, sort of a quiet day. We're going to take, take communion today, a little bit more reflective. Usually, if you're, if you're new with us, usually we have a band and singers and drummer and it's a little bit maybe too loud for everybody I don't know <laughs> we have a good time worshiping here at Hopevale just thanking God for all we have and uh, it's awesome so glad you're here with us today on a little bit more of a reflective day uh, Pastor Dan is in uh, Bay City uh, today uh, and uh, worshiping with them and um, serving communion with them and Pastor Adam's wrapping up his series with us on scent uh, which is great. So today's the last message for that. It's a neat, kind of a neat day to be here today. Hey, well, if you are new with us, we have a gift for you just outside these doors, right in toward the center of the lobby there. Stop by and say hi to somebody over there, and they'll be happy to give you a little information about our church. And we've got like a little tumbler you can use for hot and cold drinks, things like that. That's our logo on it. So um, we have one announcement we just like to mention, uh, staff and smoothies. Uh, is a Smoothies with the Staff. It's going to be next week, uh, next uh, September 8th, uh, out just over here in the hub outside uh, of these doors, just a little bit to my right. And um, it's just an opportunity after each service to meet some staff and say hello. Uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, it's you got to get out of church or maybe there's a lot of people you think we don't have time to talk. We have plenty of time to talk. If uh, you want to come down here or even meet us in the hub, that's fine. 
and uh, that would be great. It's kind of a neat way to just like get to know somebody just for a minute. And um, it's sort of a precursor to what we call Get to Know Hopevale, a little class that we do um, where you can hang out for uh, a period of time, get to know our mission, our vision, our values, and what we believe here. So um, if you've been trying to think like uh, maybe I should really meet some of the staff or I should meet some people, that's a great next step for you next week. So and that's a smoothie. Come on. Pretty good. I'm going to get one. So, uh, all right. Hey, ushers, thanks for serving today. Come on down, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, give uh, to the Lord today. Speaking of your staff, the, we have a lot of staff here at Hopevale, and we're really grateful for them. And um, they do a lot of things to make it so that your spiritual lives can be elevated. They want to give you opportunity to um, pursue God in ways that maybe you wouldn't on your own. And so thank you for giving. That's one of the areas where your giving goes is our staffing. So they work really hard. I can attest to that. I work with all of them uh, all week long. And um, everybody tries really hard to try to make it so uh, we can all find God in the best way possible in our lives and the, and the ways that he's calling us to in the scriptures. So thank you, staff, and thank you, friends, for giving today. Let's pray. Um, Lord, it's a beautiful day to come to church great opportunity for us to um, just sit in your presence and uh, be here. And uh, Lord, uh, you've given us so very much and um, so very much uh, for which to be grateful. And um, I think of uh, the prayers I pray with my baby uh, every meal, my little daughter, and, uh, and she says, thank you, God, for all we have. And it just kills me, breaks my heart. And I think every Sunday morning that we come to church, we can thank you for all we have. And uh, in the time of giving, we're reminded that all we have is yours anyway. So, uh, Lord, thank you for entrusting it to us for a little while. And uh, we'll be mindful to be a blessing to your church because uh, your church is a blessing to us. And so um, thank you, Lord, for what's being given today. We pray that it would just bless your kingdom and the advancement of your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. singing lately here at Hopevale 
What a great prayer to center our lives. So we're going to give you some time um, as you've given this morning to give, uh, as you've given to the Lord, to be quiet for just a few moments today in church, in these reflective times. And uh, we're going to put some um, scriptures, not some scriptures, but some prayers up on the screen that may remind you of some scriptures. But these are just some prayers for you to read quietly between you and God. And uh, some of these prayers uh, may inspire you. And some of these prayers may uh, divinely interrupt you. And I hope they do in the most beautiful and maybe in the most disturbing of ways too. They're great prayers. So let's sincerely pray to the Lord uh, from our hearts with these prayers this morning as we read.
may it be enough just for us to see you and to know that you're here again and that you've met us here today already. You've spoken to us today already pretty powerfully. And so would you continue to be that God speaking so loudly through your scriptures as Adam comes? We pray for Adam as a church, God, that uh, you would use him Use him to speak to us today. He's been speaking to us just like he's been speaking to us um, for this whole month. So, Lord, we love you. We pray all this today in your name. And as a church, we say, amen. God bless you, friends. Have a seat. awesome time of worship together this morning so far. And a special shout out to Bay City as well. Uh, So glad that you're able to join us this morning as one church in two locations just to pursue uh, what God has had and called for us at Hopevale to reach this region. And uh, hey, it has been uh, a really awesome month. I've really enjoyed teaching this series. And uh, we have, uh, if you need a little bit of catching up over the past month, I just want to give a little bit of a recap of where we have been. So we've been in this series called Sent, all about living like a missionary wherever God sends you. And so here's a little bit of where we have been over the last month, that if you are a Christian, you don't go to church, you are the church. And also that missionaries aren't just those who serve Jesus overseas, that if you are a Christian, you are 
a missionary. And we know this because the word missionary means sent one. That's what that word means, sent one. And then when we look at this passage, John chapter 20, verse 21, this foundational verse for this whole series, we see Jesus telling us, uh, he said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so us as sent ones, we are all missionaries right where God has sent us, right where he has placed us in our lives. And so way back on August 11th, we didn't just talk about this, we went and did it through our Hopevale Sent project where we sent Hopevale Saginaw and Hopevale Bay City to three different local stores to shop for the needs lists of seven different local organizations. And the response to that day, right, to, to end the service early, to get up out of our seats and to go and be sent beyond these walls for something very specific that God has called us to do and to be in this region. Your response to that was incredible. And then from there, we talked about how we are called to live on purpose. Looking at John 17, right, we realize that the statement in the world, not of the world, something that we're all pretty familiar with, uh, that that's actually a terribly inaccurate and fear-based representation of Jesus's prayer for us in John chapter 17. And so the better construct from that prayer that Jesus prayed for believers is actually that we are not of the world. We're not of the world, but we are sent into it. We're sent into it. And so as sent ones, right, we don't build walls and separate ourselves off from the world. We don't fight for positional power within the world, and we don't conform to the ways of the world. None of those three options are viable for us as believers, for us as sent ones. Rather, we are uh, to influence the world for Jesus because he sent us as his agents of transformation right where we live, right where we work, right where... <clears throat> right where we commune on a daily basis, all the different places that we go throughout the week. Those are all opportunities for us to live as sent ones, to be his agents of transformation. We are called to reach our neighbors and the nations. It's a really specific thing. And then it's this big grand vision that God has entrusted to his church. And so that's a little bit of where we've been over the past month. And I really do hope that you found uh, this series to be an encouraging and challenging reminder of our calling as sent ones. Right, and over the last two weeks in particular, uh, we tackled some pretty heavy stuff about the church's responsibility to be the light that shines into dark places. And so uh, today, as we wrap up the series, we're going to focus on who Jesus has sent us to reach. And if I am being completely honest with you, uh, I really hoped that this message today wouldn't be too heavy, right? It's Labor Day weekend. Uh, we're going to conclude this uh, series with taking communion together in a little bit. And man, I just, I just really didn't want today's message to be really heavy. But I got to tell you, the more I prayed and studied on this topic about who we are called to reach, it became clear to me uh, that this might end up being the message that makes us the most uncomfortable because of how far it stretches us. Uh, it's gonna push us to, to live like Jesus lived and to, to extend us outside of our comfort zones because the reality is, is that we live pretty insulated lives. 
We do. And I'm not saying that we have intentionally insulated ourselves. It's just that we live in a world of 21st century conveniences, right? There is so much vying for our attention. There is so much to keep us preoccupied. There's so much to keep us entertained. There's so much leisure to pursue, so much to consume that we have become products of our own environment. And it's an environment that encourages us to always be looking out for ourselves. And when that happens, we become insulated from looking out for the needs of others. And so for us to understand who we are called to reach as sent ones, we have to look at the life of Jesus and consider who it was that he reached. Who did Jesus reach? I just alluded to this verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says that whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And I would be the first to say that I, I do claim to live in Jesus, but I don't always live as Jesus lived. But that's a picture of the calling that God has entrusted to us to look at Jesus as our model for how he lived, how he went about uh, his life on this earth. He's our model. And so it begs the question, ha, how did Jesus live and who did Jesus reach? Uh, and first off, uh, Jesus certainly didn't live for himself, right? As we revisit that foundational verse for this series, John 20, 21, uh, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, we've camped and talked a lot about how Jesus is sending us but let's not forget where it starts. As the Father has sent me, the Father sent Jesus the Son, which makes Jesus the ultimate sent one, right? God the Father sent Jesus from the comfort, from the insulation of heaven to earth. Jesus became nothing and submitted himself to death on a cross so that all of humanity, you and I included, could be reconciled with our creator. That is what Jesus has done for us. And so when he is sending us as the father sent him, he's not asking us to do anything that he has not already done himself willingly. And so that leads us to the next question. Uh, we have to ask when Jesus was living as a sent one on earth, who was it that he reached? Now, on the one hand, uh, through Jesus' death on the cross, he reached everyone. He, uh, the act of his sacrificial death on the cross for us was something that he did for everybody all time. But he, uh, during his time on earth, he was most intentional about connecting with the hurt, the condemned, the tax collector, the sinner, the blind, the crowds, the poor, the diseased, the disabled, the rejected. Those are the people that Jesus was most intentional about reaching. And as he did that, he didn't just connect with them. We see in every situation recorded in scripture, we see Jesus meeting their needs, meeting their physical, emotional, spiritual needs. That is what Jesus did. He comforted the hurting he showed mercy to the condemned. He befriended the tax collector. He extended grace to the sinner. He gave sight to the blind. He demonstrated compassion to the crowds. He blessed the poor. He healed the diseased. He restored ability to the disabled. And he welcomed 
the rejected. That is what Christ did as he walked this earth. Jesus entered into and met every human need that people had. And that is the essence of reconciliation. It's to restore what is absent in people's lives. Every type of human need that was absent in people was reconciled. It was made whole. It was restored through Jesus. And so, yes, uh, I mean, Jesus did have this son of God thing going on when he, where he had innate knowledge of exactly what was going on in everybody's lives and what their specific needs were. But my question is, what if we chose to view people through the eyes of Jesus? What if we chose to look at them and look for the specific needs that they have in their lives? What if we were in tune with people's physical, emotional and spiritual needs? And what if we chose to enter in and to meet those needs as Christ's representatives? That's what he's calling us to do. And it would be an incredibly beautiful thing if we were all collectively to to do that together. Because the truth is, every person walking on this earth needs the restorative peace of Jesus in their lives. Every person ourselves included, but every person that we come in contact with needs the restorative peace of Jesus in their lives. And so the challenge that we have today is that fewer and fewer people understand that Jesus is the only one who can truly restore what is broken in them. So in the same way that our lives are insulated from people's needs, uh, people who are far from Jesus are insulated from recognizing their own need for a savior. And so that leaves people, they're left looking uh, for what is absent in their lives in all of the wrong places, right? And we could go through and we could talk about and we can list all the wrong places that people pursue that peace in their lives. But here's the thing. Jesus chose to go and find them in their wrong places and restore them on their turf. That's what Jesus did. And uh, there's, a, there's a passage of scripture. It's found in three out of the four gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so we're going to look at the passage from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. It's this incredible picture of how Jesus lived and who he reached. And again, as our model, we are called to live in the same way that Jesus lived. And so we're going to pick up in verse 13 here. It says, once again, uh, Jesus went out beside the lake and a large crowd came to him And he began to teach them. So crowds were following Jesus. He was seen as somebody who had something to offer. Maybe they didn't even know what they were looking for, but crowds came to Jesus. And so he took the time to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Matthew sitting at at the tax collector's booth. Now, uh, let's pause for a second. And I know there's probably a cultural difference between tax collectors then and now. We wouldn't understand how hated... Oh, no, wait, you get that. Okay, never mind. Um... But seriously, right, tax collectors in that day, not only were they the ones who collected the tax, but a lot of times they were known to skim some off the top and put it in their own pockets, right? So these were not people who were well-liked in society. They were like the rejects because nobody liked the job that they had to do, right? So here's Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth, and Jesus says, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. And while Jesus was having dinner... At Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners 
were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him, right? It's an incredible picture of what Jesus was all about, how he spent his time. He was hanging out with and having dinner with the sinners and the tax collectors. And there were many who followed Jesus. There were many who were drawn to this gathering where Jesus was hanging out with them, sharing a meal with them, treating them uh, as people in need of something and that he was the one who had an answer for them. There were many who followed him. And it goes on and says, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, They asked his disciples, and I would just kind of imagine this question is dripping uh, with some disdain. Like, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners, right? These are the Pharisees. These are the religious people of the day. They're the ones who have uh, all of the the moral behavior and the, the right and wrong instructions on how to live and things like that. And so Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and sinners was the complete opposite of their high moral standards, right? And so they're just like saying, why on earth is this Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and sinners? And get this, on hearing this, so you'll notice the Pharisees asked that question of Jesus' disciples, but he was in tune, he heard it. Jesus said on hearing this, uh, he said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners, right? That is the picture that we have to embrace as sent ones of Jesus for who we're trying to reach, who we're trying to hang out with, who are the people that we're called to to spend time with, right? And so the question for us is, are we seeking out the hurting, the poor, the sick, the condemned, the rejected, on their turf? And are we inviting them to Jesus? As sent ones, we have to get ourselves on the turf of people living far from God so that we can invite them to Jesus. He's the only one with the power to reconcile all of the physical, emotional, spiritual needs that people have in their lives. We have to point people to Jesus the only one who reconciles us completely. So I want us to get practical for a moment about our next step, right? Hopevale Sent uh, helped us take a step towards the uh, the turf of people with physical, emotional, spiritual need in our community. It was the first step, but it's not the final step, right? It's up to us, the church, to take the next step of engagement, to go from extending transactional help to extending uh, restorative and transformational relational care. And I want to I show this picture uh, from that uh, Hopevale Scent project we did again. Uh, this is a representation of the above and beyond way that this congregation responded to the opportunity that we presented to us You guys went so far over and above to bless seven local organizations, right? This is just one of the seven organizations that we blessed. These were all the diapers that we bought. But as I was looking at that picture and the incredible response there, I was also struck by how every box of those diapers represents uh, a child who it's going to be put on. And that child... um, 
needs those diapers because they don't have those diapers right now, right? There is a physical absence, a physical lacking in their lives. And so as the church, we responded to that physical need and we said, hey, we are going to bless you (laughs) beyond what we could have imagined to meet that physical need. But there's a person behind that, right? And then behind that baby who's going to be put in those diapers is a mom or a dad who's struggling struggling to provide. Maybe it's a lack of a job. Uh, Maybe it's a lack of a a support system, a network of people who are present and care in their lives, right? And man, as parents, we all know uh, how much we want to provide for our kids and their needs, right? And so could you you imagine what it must feel like for that parent to not be able to provide something like that for their own child, And so as the church, right, we stepped in and we met a physical need. But I feel like like the challenge for us, the next step that God is calling us to take, say, man, let's get more involved in these local organizations because they're on the front lines of the people who need and have the most physical, emotional need. And as we meet those needs, we then have an open door to sharing about Jesus Christ, the one who meets all of their spiritual need. Because that's the kind of people that God is calling us to be. And this is myself included, right? Like, I'm praying and considering how God might be calling me and my family to take another step of engagement to move out of a sense of isolation from people in need and stepping more directly into the lives of people with incredible need right here in our own community. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is this beautiful passage uh, that Paul writes to the church about how we have been entrusted with this ministry of reconciliation. So Paul writes, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Believers, followers of Jesus, if anybody is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. See, that's the the spiritual reconciliation that has taken place in us through Christ. And then he gave us this ministry of reconciliation We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. It's as though God were making his appeal through us. And as an example for us of what that looks like, we can walk around this world and say, you know, hey, to anybody who has not experienced this spiritual reconciliation in Christ, you know, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is the ministry that God has entrusted his church with. He has sent us as his followers to extend this ministry of reconciliation. And the final verse in that passage actually uh, is perfect as we move towards a time of communion here in a few minutes, right? This verse uh, reminds us how Jesus has reconciled us to the Father. God made him who had no sin, talking about Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. To stand in our shoes when we should have received the penalty that we were due for our sin. Jesus stepped in to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
I, I really don't have the words to try to express uh, the beauty of what God has done for us and how we are called to respond with our own lives out of the beauty of what Christ has done for us. Uh, but here it is, like as followers of Jesus, we can never forget how we were once living in darkness, separate from Jesus. We can never forget where we came from. Paul also wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, this incredible passage, <laughs> this incredible reminder that, uh, where he says, but now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's this beautiful picture of reconciliation that we were once far away. We were separate. We were distant from God. We were living in darkness and sin. But through Jesus Christ, all of us who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus willingly stepped out of his comfort zone to shine his light into our lives and to bring us near to him. And now he's called his church to step out of its comfort zone and shine the reconciling light of Jesus into the absences in people's lives. Hopeville, we are not of this world. We're not of this world, but we are sent into it to make a difference. And my hope and my prayer is that over this past month that God has just sparked and reignited something in us that reminds us of who we are, what Christ has done for us, but that then our response would be outwardly focused on who he's calling us to reach. There is so much need even here in our own community and we want to be sent ministers of reconciliation for the cause of Jesus, for the glory of his name. And so let's encourage one another towards that calling as we respond to what God has done for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, God, this has been... Uh, an incredible reminder of what you have called us to as your church. God, you have reconciled us out of spiritual darkness into your marvelous light. And Lord, uh, with our lives, we want to faithfully respond to what you have done for us, faithfully respond to how you have brought us near included us into your family. You have made us new. You have restored us. You have made us whole through your death on the cross. And God, we want to be faithful to where you've placed us, to what you have called us to. And so God, for each and every one of us, myself included, would you just help us lift our eyes above the ways that maybe our lives are insulated from the need that is all around us. God, and that you would give us the ability to look at others through your eyes. God, to just uh, point out to us what are the, the spiritual, uh, the physical, the emotional needs that people have, and that as your representatives, 
we would have uh, your, your words, God, your grace, your truth, uh, to approach them with encouragement as your ambassadors so that they might come to know and follow you because of what you have done for each and every one of us. Uh, God, uh, we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, as we prepare to take communion together today, that's really the heart of what this time is all about. It is remembering what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. It's something that we could not do, we could not accomplish on our own. And so we take time once a month as a church family to just sit and to reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us, uh, to reflect on... uh, you know, it's, it's a time and it's an opportunity for us to just let the Holy Spirit speak to our lives and maybe convict us of areas that, uh, areas of our lives where uh, he is calling us to greater and to higher causes and purposes because of what he has done for us. And so here at Hopevale, you don't have to be a member of the church in order to participate. The only, uh, the only thing that we ask is that uh, you are a follower of Jesus the way the Bible describes it. Um, we would trust that in your heart, you know personally whether you've crossed that line of faith or not, whether or not you have moved from a place of darkness into uh, a place of light where you have been reconciled with Christ because of what he's done on the cross for you. And so parents uh, with any kids in the room or uh, parents with any kids in the, in the venue this morning, the same thing would apply. Uh, we trust that you know your kids' hearts uh, on this issue. And so if your kids have taken that step of faith to acknowledge Jesus as their Savior, they're more than welcome to participate as well. But if they haven't, man, consider this an opportunity to, to talk with them more about what it is that we are observing in this moment. Now we say all of that, we give these instructions not to single anybody out or to exclude them from participating, uh, but just to really highlight the importance and the significance of this time. This is not something that we uh, do flippantly or lightly. We take it very seriously. And so it's also an opportunity for us to express to you, right, as as ministers of reconciliation, if you have not crossed that line of faith yet, Man, be reconciled to God. There's no reason to wait. And I would encourage you, if you feel like there's something holding you back, man, there's, this could be your opportunity today to cross that line of faith, to recognize that, man, yeah, there are, there are spiritual absences in my life and nothing that I have tried to replace that with any place else in this world has, has reconciled the absence in my life. Jesus is that reconciler. And so I would encourage you today, um, acknowledge your need for a savior and look to Jesus as your savior. And so at this time, I want to invite the ushers to come forward as they prepare to pass uh, the trays. And again, just a reminder for us that as the trays pass down the row, uh, we want you to take uh, the bread and the cup together. There are two cups stacked on top of each other. The bread is on the bottom. Uh, The cup is on the top. And so as it passes through, if you're participating, grab both cups and then help it pass down the aisle. 
Uh, in a few minutes, I'll come back up and lead us in a time of response as we take the bread and the cup together. So as the ushers uh, prepare to distribute the elements, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, just thanking him for what he's done. God, thank you so much for, man, just all that you have done for us. Lord, it's moments like these that we come and stand before you that we just feel really inadequate and unworthy of what you have done for us. But God, even though we were unworthy and inadequate, we are told, we are reminded that that is exactly when you stepped in to be for us what we could not be for ourselves. So God, you left the comfort of heaven sent to this earth, uh, not to live it up as a heavenly king, but to humble yourself, um, even to death on a cross. God, your your body was broken for us. Your blood was shed for us to provide for us the forgiveness of our sins so that we could be reconciled to our creator. God, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Lord, it just leaves us with this sense that if there's anything that we could do to repay you, we want to lay our lives at your feet and say, here we are. God, use us, send us. We want to be your ambassadors, your representatives of the light, of the goodness, of who you are to a lost and broken world. So God, do in our hearts and our lives uh, what you want to do today. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Jesus was sharing the traditional Passover meal with his disciples. And so there was, there was bread and there was wine there that he was sharing that meal together. And as, uh, as they were celebrating this traditional Passover meal together, Jesus took the elements and he infused them with completely new meaning. And so Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then in the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. God, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made on the cross for us. God, for your broken body, for your shed blood, and for that new covenant that we have in your blood, that we are forgiven and we are free to live for the purposes to which you have called us, God. Um, Lord, your word talks about how um, that was actually the, the last time that you drank uh, the bread and the cup and you did it with, with your followers, with your friends. And that you will uh, partake of that meal again with us one day. And so God, as we have partaken of this meal today in remembrance of what you did, we also look forward to that day uh, where we get to share a meal with you again in your glory, God. And so in the meantime, we just want to be your faithful servants here on this earth. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share a song with you that I wrote uh, a little over 10 years ago. And um, Isaiah 54, 10 uh, is the, uh, the, are the verses, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken and my covenant of peace will not be removed. And um, I thought, man, because you love me, Lord, I want to be your servant and I want to be your light. And I wrote this chorus with those words. Um, I thought it would be a great way for us to end uh, this series, to think about um, being the Lord's servant, being sent by him. And uh, I'd love for you to sing along with me when you can catch along. It goes like this. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken and my covenant of peace be not removed.
this thing called life. So, Lord, it's you that I desire. Lord, your heart and not my own. So, Lord, I pray my ways are your ways until you take me home. beautiful prayer uh, for us, Hope Hill, isn't it? Hey, if anybody has anything on their heart this morning that they would just desire to have prayer for, we actually have our elders in the hub. It's the room right off the lobby there. Uh, They're there and just would love the opportunity to pray with you uh, about any needs that you have in your life this morning. And so I would encourage you to do that uh, if you're interested in that. Hey, next week uh, is actually Hopevale's 60-year anniversary, and so we hope you come back as Pastor Dan uh, just shares that message and, again, uh, raises our eyes to the future of what God is calling this church to. And so thank you so much just for the last month uh, for engaging and entering into this Scent series, and we're just trusting God, uh, man, to just take us further uh, than we would ever imagine on our own for His glory. And so God bless you guys as you go this week, and we hope to see you back next week. Take care.